Greetings and welcome to episode 58 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I'm your host, David Zwork, and after a summer sabbatical of sorts, the uh, the pod is back for another season of Florida Panthers hockey. And, uh, I mean, look, let's dive right into it. Last week, uh, up in Coral Springs, the team held its annual development camp at the Ice Den, uh, right before the kids headed up to Raleigh for, I guess, the, the Prospect Showcase Tournament. Uh, who was there? Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Nashville. And the Panthers, they all had a little round-robin tournament. Uh, this past weekend, as the team is gearing up for uh, training camp, you know, it's always the same schedule every year. Um, so they had a couple development camp practices down here, got to see the kids a couple of times before they head up north. And uh, before they left town, I, uh, I had a chance to sit down for, for a quick chat with a few of them, uh, with three of the players that were uh, at development camp, uh, Nathan Steos, Braden Hache, and Justin Sourdiff. And uh, I've got those interviews exclusive to Chirping the Cats. Uh, a little bit later on in the pod. So, you know, stay tuned, a little tease for you there. But first, let's talk a little bit about training camp. Training camp's about to kick off. As I'm recording this, we're a couple of days away, uh, day at, two days away, I guess. Uh, training camp kicks off this week. And I guess the excitement, maybe it's a little bit tempered this year. Uh, I, you know, I, being on social media, seeing how people are reacting to the moves of the offseason. I think there seems to be a bit of a consensus that the Panthers are not going to be as good as they were last year. Um, I think that's yet to be determined. I think they're not going to be the same as they were last year. It's not the same team, certainly, but I wouldn't say that they're necessarily worse or they're going to be losing more games or anything like that just yet. Um, You know, they're coming into the season off of the most successful year ever, you know, division championship, president's trophy, yada, yada, yada. And then it all ended in that big shitstorm four game sweep by our old friends in Tampa Bay. Um, so heading into the off season, right? We're, we're thinking Panthers are sitting pretty. They've got a great squad put together at this point. It's just, uh, you know, locking down your guys. And then, in you know typical South Florida fashion, a hurricane hits, and gone are Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weeger. In comes uh, Matthew Kachuk in that big trade, um, and that just kind of set the tone for like what what there was, what the off season was basically. It was an unexpected blockbuster, um, and now the Panthers, coming off of that amazing season, are entering the new campaign. A bit different, looking a little bit different, you know. For for all intents and purposes, the faces of this franchise for the last several years have been Huberto, Barkov, and Ekblad. That's been you know your three pillars. Uh, now Huberto's gone, and yeah, they got a younger, potentially better. You know, when all said and done, Matthew Kachuk, an amazing player. Uh, you know, we've talked about it already before. We understand why they made the deal. Younger guy, cheaper, you get term. You know, Huberto. For as amazing as he is right now, he's still, you know, 29. It Again, it, it makes sense. It sucks in a lot of ways for a guy like Huberto to get traded. He's been, you know, he was down here forever. He's a great guy on and off the ice. Obviously, the, you know, fans loved him as, you know, they should have. And they will in Calgary. So, yeah, that's business, right? Um, also gone in the offseason. Mason Marchment. Nolachari. The deadline acquisition guys, Claude Giroux, Ben Sherratt, all gone. And people look at that and they say, holy shit, how is this Panthers team going to win at all? I mean, first off, the Panthers were 
one of one of if not the Leeds best team, you know, top two or three with uh Colorado last year, um before the deadline guys came. So, you know, let's just squash that. Um but yeah, losing Mage and Marchman, that, that one that one hurts just because in kind of in a in a lesser way than Kachuk, but he's like one of those unicorn type guys that had a great scoring touch, had a nose for the net, but was still gritty as hell, had the size, had some speed. Uh, and obviously he had such a great story. So yeah, losing Mason Marchman hurts a little bit. Mackenzie Weeder, I think, you know, he was going to be gone anyway after this next season. They weren't going to be able to afford to keep him when he went uh, RFA. Uh, so moves were going to have to be made. You know, again, Nolachari, one of those Swiss Army Knife type guys, but getting a little bit longer in the tooth maybe. You know, for whatever reason, you move on from from Noel Achari and the uh, the everlasting supply of Oreo cookies. But now looking at the additions, the, the guys who are now in their place, we talked about Matthew Kachuk. You got Colin White, former first-rounder. You're bringing in Nick Cousins, Mark Stahl, his brother Eric Stahl, you know, on the PTO. We'll, you'll see what he has. Rudolph Balsers. So again, with White, with Balsers, young players, perhaps unproven. We've seen how that script plays out in South Florida uh, with guys like Carter Verhage, Gus Forsling. Um, we see what happens with those situations. So no reason to think that these guys, at least, you're, they're going to get an opportunity to shine. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about where and when as we get into uh, the pod a little bit. But basically, my point right now, uh, there's a lot of moves this summer for a team that was coming off such a spectacular season. And obviously, there's been plenty of attention given to those summer moves. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit now. Some other topics of importance heading into training camp. I think the big question that, you know, that maybe the, the easy question is, are the Panthers better or worse right now than last year? And... I think that's a layered question. I think the roster may be not as talented when you lose guys off the top like Huberto and Weger and Marchment. Um, this, as I said, unproven talent seems to be the, you know, another that theme that just keeps recurring. So we'll see how those guys perform that I had just mentioned. Yeah, the Whites, the the Balsers, the Cousins, the Zizzes. Um, I think this team right now is better suited to succeed in the postseason. Uh, I think adding guys that are bit known to be responsible two-way, which is just something the Panthers have been loading up on, I think experience counts for something. When you look at guys like, you know, the Stalls, Cousins, um, and Kachuk, you know, to his credit, Calgary's been a playoff team several times during his career uh, and failed. So he, you know, he's got that hunger like many you know, like everybody in the Panthers that are already here, here have. Um, look, the Panthers got pushed around in that Tampa series. They got out-muscled. They couldn't generate anything offensively. And this is a team that nobody seemed to be able to stop them during the regular season. And it, it, it exposed that they were kind of a one-trick pony kind of team. Special teams was struggling. Zone possession was down. And the rushes were not working. They weren't producing. They weren't able to generate that speed. You saw in the first round, Washington succeed to a certain extent, but the Panthers worked around it just because Washington was not Tampa. 
And then Tampa happened, and God, that was a rough one to watch. Just because, it, I mean, when you see when you see a beautiful sports car running, you know, along the beach highway or whatever, and it looks amazing, and you just love to watch this gorgeous car, and then all of a sudden, it starts going over potholes and getting some some rain, and so it, it was just gross and it wasn't pleasant. And that's that whole second round series uh, was just tough to watch. So it made sense why they made a lot of these moves to be a better playoff team, to be a tougher team, to be a team that won't be such a one-trick pony. A team that, yeah, they'll have rushes. I mean, look at, look at who's still on the roster. Like, they're going to have plenty of offensive opportunities. But now maybe they can have a little bit more zone time. Now they, now they can be a neutral zone nuisance. They can switch it up. I think that's what we're going to see this season. Obviously, they're tougher, they're grittier with guys like Kachuk and Stahl and Cousins. I think that element, as we've seen with the Panthers on the opposite side of it, that element makes opponents uneasy, uncomfortable. The more grit, the more checking, the more bodies. And it also adds that potential way of firing up your team, charge, you know, changing momentum in a game, getting the bench fired up. Uh, it's just different layers to the successful equation last year it was pedal to the metal gung-ho let's see how far it gets us and we saw it got you four wins in two rounds we've come a long way in south florida panthers fans and that's not good enough anymore not with this team so on you know on the other side of that seesaw enjoy how far that you've come so next thing Next topic that I'd bring up, how will the top six play out of the forwards, right? Number one question in that regard are Kachuk and Barkov. Is it going to be like a Barkov and Hubro situation where you're going to try to keep them apart until you need them at the end? Uh, you know, we'll see. That that's the, that's the X factor. That's the variable in all this is there's a new head coach going into the situation with Paul Maurice. And what's he going to do with his superstar players? How is he going to divvy them out? I think that's going to be obviously something that's going to get a lot of attention early in training camp, but it's also, I would assume, something fluid, you know, unless everything just, you know, fits into place right off the bat, which, you know, it could. But trial by error would be okay, too, with, you know, Paul Maurice getting to know his team. You know, we can see how that plays out. Now, with Anthony Duclair missing for, you know, at least the next few months, where does Sam Reinhardt slot in? Does he move up? Because Duclair was, he spent a lot of time in that top line, uh, a little bit in the second line. But he, Sam Reinhardt, for all the success he had last season, for all those points he put up last season, he played a lot on the third line. And I granted, obviously, that the Panthers' third line wasn't your traditional third line because Anton Lindell, we'll talk about him in a little while, was not a third line center. Um, and Mason Marchman, you know, another one, he played in that third line when he was healthy. And, you know, he's a guy that saw time in the top six, plenty of time in the top six the last two seasons. So, again, that, that's where the depth comes in. Uh, but where, you know, where are they going to use Reinhardt? Because he played like a top-line player last year. Is he going to get some time up there with uh, Barkov? Is, you know, Barkov or Hagee, they've been together the last two years. You would think that they're going to get a shot to stick together at the beginning of training camp. But who's going to be on that right side? Uh, Reinhardt was good wherever he was, wherever he played last year. Remember, he started last season on that top line. Last year, the top six was 
Barkov centering Verhage and Reinhardt on the first line, Bennett centering Huberto and Owen Tippett on the second line. Uh, so and we saw how much things changed after that. Um, and and then I guess the next question in terms of the top six is you know the new guys or the young young guys. Colin White, can he crack the top six? Can he get an opportunity kind of like Owen Tippett was given those chances? Or will one of Grigory Denisenko or Alexi Heponiemi, one of the younger guys who were hoping at least earn a roster spot at a camp, maybe somebody shows up good to go. Maybe, you know, we see a big jump out of one of those guys and they earn a top six spot. Certainly want to give them the opportunity if they look good. I mean, Denisenko, you know, he had the serious knee injury, uh, midway through last season so he's getting back i you know i have no idea what what to expect from that um heponiemi flashed for such a small guy you know he was able to have some success playing in the nhl you know in a obviously small sample size but you know we'll see you would expect these guys are still young young early 20s growth is a reasonable expectation now sam bennett I'm curious. This I'm very curious to see how what happens with Sam Bennett because for all the success that he has had since the trade from Calgary, two deadlines ago, uh, he and Jonathan Huberto really had great chemistry. Uh, the plays between them, the pass plays, were you would think that they'd been playing together for years. So, and we've also seen with Bennett, he can be very streaky. So what's the expectation going to be with Bennett? Is he going to be able to maintain the way he's played in a Panther sweater? Or is there going to be some kind of a drop-off without 115-point Huberto flanking him? Because as I mentioned before, you've got Anton Lindell, who... Uh, Anton Lindell, who's barely not a teenager anymore, who played like a top-six center last season... He's going to be right there to jump into that spot for if Bennett, for whatever reason, isn't able to handle top six anymore. Or again, it's kind of like top nine, at least down the middle. I mean, if Bennett does not fall off and continues to play the way that he's played since being acquired by the Panthers, and then they have Barkov, and then they have Lundell, and E2 Listerinen. He was a spectacular fourth-line center last year. The responsible hockey that he played, there was no drop-off at all. The, the Panthers got to have you, you know, I'm just trying to think across the league, like who's deeper at center than Florida? And, and just wait until Lundell starts to, you know, get into hitting. I'm not thinking of anything like a sophomore slump for Anton Lundell. I'm thinking he's going to be building off of what we saw last season. So, it's going to be very interesting to see how things shake out for Sam Bennett. And I just hope it's, it's a good problem for Paul Maurice and that he's just trying to figure out who, he, you know, who deserves the higher spot because they're both so good. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see how Bennett plays out this year. Um, one thing that's getting a lot of attention is the defense for obvious reasons. You know, Mackenzie Weger, he's a guy who around the league, he was a name that was growing in popularity. People knew who Mackenzie Weger was. Maybe they didn't see him play all the time. They knew he's this great player down in Florida with Aaron Ekblad. He's, you know, playing like a top-line guy. And look, those of us who watched him game in and game out, peaks and valleys, highs and lows. It's a great high. I mean, look, I love Mackenzie Weeger. 
super nice guy, you know, one of the, almost Mr. Relevant draft wise. He was almost the last pick uh, in, was it the 13 draft? Uh, the 12 or the 13 draft, the one before Ekblad. I think that was 13. Um, but yeah, I mean, great story. Awesome guy. Um, and, and still, you know, gr- offensive defenseman, but was good in his own zone. But at least once a game, he was good for a a head-scratching turnover, a frustrate, you know, whatever it was, or whether it was trying to make a long stretch pass or trying to make a good play out of the zone or just, you know, a m- mental error, whatever. It was, which, look, it's fine. Like, I'm, you know, you obviously strive not to do that, but, you know, I'm not holding it against him. But on the same token, you know, the lack of consistency is not something that I want to be paying somebody top-pairing minutes for. And the reputation that was growing around Mackenzie Weger. Uh, and it goes back into how you knew you weren't going to be able to keep him as a Panthers after this season, if he would have stayed here, if the trade wouldn't have happened, because he was he was going to get money thrown at him. Um, and look, he's earned everything that he gets, but I think his, he's a bit overvalued in that regard. So how much is the D going to struggle without him? We'll see. The depth is going to be tested. Um, number one question is who plays with Aaron Eckblad? Is it, I mean, the obvious choice you would think is Gus Forsling because he's probably the Nets best defenseman. However, um, do you want to split them up? Forsling has looked great, both with Montour and Gudis. He spent a lot of time with Radko Gudis, but he's paired been both with Montour and Gudis and been fine with them. Do you want to split those two up and spread it out a bit? You wonder, could Brandon Montour, who's been steady, can he be a top-pairing type of guy with Ekblad? What about Lucas Carlson? We've yet we've seen bits and pieces, flashes of solid play, but he's yet to be given any kind of a lengthy chance to grow at this level. He's hung around. He's earned his spot. Is he going to get a chance? Could he be a middle-pairing guy? And Mark Stahl, I, I just like Mark Stahl because he's steady. He's physical. He's a veteran. He's been around. Uh, and, and then in terms of like the depth depth, are you hoping that a Matt Kierstead steps up? You've got Michael Delzato on a two-way deal. Um, Kierstead is one that I'm curious to see how he looks after, another, you know, he, he was... Pro last year, he was around Charlotte mostly. Step forward from Matt. Remember, he was out of North Dakota. He was like a highly coveted prospect. He picked Florida. So you'd want to, you know, I'd like to see if that leads to the next thing, perhaps, for Matt Kierstead. So, you know, the depth may be tested, but I think it's, for me, it's more of where are guys going to slot in. And obviously, you know, the one caveat with all of this that we've seen in the Bill Zito era is that he's always got an eye for defensemen. He's always looking to add to that stable. So don't be surprised if another move or two gets made between now and training camp or throughout the course of the season. I mean, that's how Gus Forsling got here. The next thing is the power play that I want to talk about. Uh, Matthew Kitchuk, in my opinion... Net front makes the most sense because of the combination. And he's 
Got amazing fast hands. Deflects the so so good with deflecting the puck. Um, and he's a big body, obviously. But he's smart. He's skilled. He he's quick. It just it for me it makes more sense for him to be net front than anywhere else because he can be utilized in different ways out there. Um, and the other question for me will be how many defensemen are we going to see? Are we going to see two defensemen? Are we going to see one defenseman? Are we going to see no defensemen like we did last year? I, I don't think it's going to be five forwards just because it's so untraditional. I mean, you know, perhaps Maurice will be progressive in that way and want it out there. But I mean, when you have an air neck on your team, yeah, that's the other thing about the, the five forwards was that kind of was bred during the Ekblad injury phase. So that, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of like thinking out this process with you guys. That was more by necessity, I think, than, than anything else. I mean, we did see it a little bit in the playoffs, but I think that was more just because the power play was struggling so much towards the end last year that they, you know, any, they're just throwing anything at a wall to see what would stick. Nothing did. Um, all right, what's next? We talked about the new guys, the expectations for White, for Ballstars, for Cousins. Uh, Eric Stahl, we talked about him. Uh, 37 years old. Didn't play last season in the NHL. Did not play in the NHL last season. He played a little bit in the AHL. Uh, played for Team Canada in the Olympics when the NHL dies did not go to Beijing. Um, he, he's played this summer in, in the Beauty League uh, up in Minnesota. You remember our old buddy Nick Butestead used to play in that every every summer. Uh, it's always a lot of fun with the NHL guys. Um, let's, I mean, let's see. The last season that Stahl was in the NHL two seasons ago, 13 points in 53 games. He helped Montreal when they went to the final. Uh, you, yeah, you remember that? Montreal in the final two finals ago? Yeah. Um, he had eight points in 21 playoff games that year. I mean, anyway, he's a veteran guy. You know, he's happy to be playing. He's probably a little bit fresher just because he didn't play a full load last season. He's excited about the idea of playing with his brother, Mark. He said that was a big reason why, you know, he signed a PTO here was the, uh, the idea of playing with his brother. Um, and I would expect, you know, if he does stick, if he does get a contract offer, uh, you know, a similar role to Joe Thornton last year, but maybe I, I, it's hard to say without seeing him, but I would think maybe you'll play a little bit more than Thornton would than Thornton did last year. But that's very much uh, a wild card. <sighs> All right, moving on. Uh, I did want to get to these interviews with a few Panthers prospects. It was cool seeing. It's always one of my favorite things going to the development camp practices, and when you when you can see the games down here, that it's always cool just because they're all young. They're all kind of in that wide-eyed almost you know how we would react going out there like how I remember my junior days and that was like nowhere close to any level like this and so like you know it's it's kind of you know you can kind of live vicariously through these guys just seeing how they you know for the most part they're just soaking it into um so fortunately as I mentioned earlier like uh now that we're post you know we're through the covid uh, rituals and all that stuff and locker rooms are open again so uh, after one of the practices I was able to pop around a little bit in the room and chat with a few of the guys one-on-one so uh, the first one I'll play for you is with uh, undrafted defenseman Nathan Steos uh, 21 years old coming off a ridiculously good season with the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL he had this is a defenseman 66 points in 59 games in the OHL 15 goals not only was he named the CHL Defenseman of the Year, he was also the OHL Most Outstanding Defenseman 
Uh, if the name Steos sounds familiar, it's because his dad, Steve Steos, played in the NHL for years and years and years. Uh, I think he had over a thousand games. And the hope, the expectation, I think, with uh, Nathan this year is for him to play in the AHL with Charlotte, uh, turning pro. We'll see how that goes. But, you know, older, 21 years old, a little undersized defenseman, but obviously very skilled. So uh, here, here's me and Nathan chatting in the locker room. Here you go. I'm here with Nathan Steos, who joined the Panthers organization this offseason. First off, Nathan, coming off a pretty big year last year in the OHL, what are you looking to build on heading into your Panthers career? Uh, yeah, obviously my defensive game, I think, is the biggest area of improvement for me. Um, I think I can do my thing in the ozone, create plays and stuff like that in the open ice and all that. But uh, I think just defending box outs, uh, getting used to the bigger guys and and the stronger players down low is going to be an area of improvement for me, and I've been working on it throughout this summer and then uh, continuing on into, de- into uh, this uh, rookie tournament in Dev Camp. So. How hard do you find it just kind of being a smaller defenseman going into a game? Like obviously, you've been playing with bigger guys, but now it's, it's a whole different year, a whole different lead when you're going into pro. Yeah, no, obviously it's going to be tough, but I'm going to use my feet, my uh, hockey sense, my stick to uh, get under, under guys when, they, when they're uh, protecting the puck and stuff like that, just using my hockey sense and brain to sort of outsmart guys in the D zone. And uh, obviously my mobility as well to uh, break up plays and kill plays early in the neutral zone so that uh, we're playing more, more in the O zone than in the D zone. So uh, no, just looking to use the attributes that I have to my advantage, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, going into the prospect tournament this weekend, what, what are you hoping to accomplish in your game and, and get out of it? Yeah, uh, getting back up to pace. Uh, it's going to be a good uh, little reprieve before the uh, start of the season, wherever it is uh, this year coming up in Charlotte. And uh, get my legs back underneath me, getting back to game pace is going to be great. And then building, uh, obviously, relationships and chemistry with all these guys that are going to be in the relationship or in the organization for, uh, you know, the rest of my, uh, the start of my uh, pro career is going to be going to be huge. We obviously got a good group of guys and uh, we're all pretty tight already. So building on that is going to be great and then obviously my defensive game as well just uh like i said before breaking up plays in the neutral zone using my stick and my hockey sense to my advantage and, and doing that and last one just what are you most excited about going into the season everything i mean it's a change of change of scenery for sure obviously being so close back uh playing in hamilton so close to home uh moving down and moving away by my on my own is going to be a going to be a bit of an adjustment but i'm really looking forward to it i'm really excited and then uh Making new relationships with my new teammates, getting used to the pro, the pro level is going to be amazing. Playing against, playing against and alongside so many good players is going to be great, and I think it's going to really help my game. Awesome, well, I appreciate it. Thank you for your time, brother. The next guy that I chatted with uh, was another defenseman, uh, Braden Hache, who the Panthers selected last summer's NHL draft in 2021. He was a seventh round pick, so obviously, you know, it's amazing to be drafted, but he's got his work cut out for him. A bit of an uphill battle. Uh, being a seventh-round pick, not granted, Mackenzie Weger, who we've talked about a lot, was also a seventh-round pick. Um, Hache has not signed his entry-level contract yet. He's still just 19 years old. He did mention, and you'll hear it in the interview, that you know one of the goals for a lot of the guys is earning that first pro contract. So I'm guessing that's something that's on his mind. Um, and he's going to, let's see, he's going to Kingston, I believe, the OHL. He's going to be with the front nets this year. Um, you know, good size. He's a big kid. He's 6'4", 201, towered over me. Um, but yeah, let, let's get to let's get to my chat with Braden and hear what he had to say. Here with Braden Hache, uh, second year in the Panthers organization now, uh, second time doing this. Uh, what's the what's the feeling going into the season uh, in terms of improvements? You know, what are you looking to build on? Uh, yeah, obviously coming into you know junior year older, 
uh, it's more confidence. So I think just trying to build off this camp, a good summer training, and uh, you know everybody's here to try and earn a contract and try and move to the next level. So that's been the biggest focus, and um, just got my head down working on that. In terms of goals for this season, obviously you're going back to junior, uh, possibly your last year doing that before going pro. Uh, you know, what's your thought in terms of that? Yeah, it's just to you know do everything I can and, and uh, you know play my game fast because that's the biggest thing moving to the next level is just faster. So trying to do everything I can um, to try and play like it is um, here and in, like it is in Charlotte and uh, at the next level. So uh, for me, it's just focusing on doing all the little things that I can and then sticking to my identity as a, as a shutdown D. And last thing, what are you most excited about going into, your, going into the season? I think just, just confidence. Uh, you gain more confidence uh, every year, especially in junior being an older guy, uh, and especially going into this tournament. Um, you know, playing in it last year, really, it's just uh, playing your game. That's the biggest thing. And um, junior, junior hockey is some of the best years of your life, so um, just focusing on that and not trying to, you know, just live in the moment. So I'm just living in the moment and playing hard. So, yeah, awesome. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for sure. So yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see how his season in the OHL, how Braden's season in the OHL plays out, and see if he can grow. Last year he had just five points in 55 games, but again, it's it's very much a growing process, as you heard him talk about. Uh, finally, uh, I talked to Justin Sourdiff. I wanted to make sure and try to chat with him for a second, just because you know he's one of the guys that you, you see a lot of attention around. Uh, he had some monster numbers in the uh, WHL. Uh, was a third-round pick of the Panthers, 87th overall back in 2021, signed his ELC last September, so he's actually going into year two. Um, and this year, last year he went back to junior. This year he's going pro, going to Charlotte. He's All expectation is that's where he's going to at least start the season. Uh, what he had, 71 points in 52 games last year, another 14 uh, points in the playoffs. Um and yeah, just you know, an impressive score. We'll see if it translates. Obviously, you see you see guys come from junior with ridiculous numbers. It's hard to continue even to succeed at this level, let alone stand out like that. But um, Justin is somebody who I'm excited to see him grow, and I was excited to chat with him. And uh, here's what he had to say. Here with Panthers prospect Justin Sourdiff. Uh First off, coming off a big year in the WHL. Uh, what are you looking to build on now uh, as you enter the, your Panthers career? Uh, I'm trying to tweak every part of my game. Um, I'm going to listen to the development staff, and um, they always have stuff for me to work on. So whatever they suggest is stuff I'm going to be working on day in and day out. And uh, you know, can have an opportunity, I guess, to, to turn pro here and play in Charlotte. And uh, I'm just going to try and work with the team there and just try to try to ball my game. I'm going to try and get bigger, stronger, um, try and get faster, quicker release. You have less time and space at the next level. and uh, It's something that's different in junior. So you just got to do everything, you know, a couple seconds faster. How do you prepare for the jump going from junior to pro? I mean, obviously, it's the kind of thing where, like, people can tell you about it nonstop, but until you actually feel it, like, how different have you found it so far in terms of speed or anything like that? I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely faster. Uh, you know, guys are really structured and whatnot and a lot stronger. Um, I think the biggest thing, though, is you can't really play with uh, fear out there. You can't be afraid to, um, you know, make a few mistakes. It's all part of the learning process. And I think if you just go out there and play with confidence, um, you know, you'll do great things. And I mean, speed's a, another big factor. Obviously, those guys are grown men. And, um, yeah, you, you have lots, like, 
no time at all out there. I mean, preseason last year was just a lot different than junior. And uh, yeah, I think just taking advice from the older guys is something you need to do. Uh, and then, like, obviously, you know, I kind of mentioned you had a big year last year in the WHL. Does that give you any pressure? Do you think about those kind of numbers moving forward, or is it like clean slate? You know, how do you how do you go into that? Uh, I mean, at the pro level, you're definitely going to try and uh, tweak your game a little bit since you have less time and space. Um, in junior, you're not going to put the same numbers up right away as you did, unless maybe like kind of a top five pick there. Uh, but you got to, I guess, stick with your own game and whatever works at the next level. That's kind of what you got to do. And if you have to tweak your game and change it a little bit uh, to succeed at the next level, then you know you have to be open to that uh, and you have to be open to playing different roles. The last thing I want to ask you about, uh, just going into your first pro year, what are you most excited about? Uh, I'm just excited to play uh, pro hockey. I mean, those guys are really good as well. And, uh, at the American League level, and I think it's just a really good opportunity to play with those guys in Charlotte that are great players, and we can help each other out during the season, just uh, you know, kind of transition, uh, you know, from the AHL, I guess, to hopefully the NHL someday. Awesome! I appreciate your time, and best of luck this year, man. Yes, thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. So yeah, overall, just a lot of things to be excited about. Some young Panthers to watch grow and develop, and hopefully, you know, for a lot of them, it works out, and the Panthers get some homegrown talent. Uh, because that is a major key to sustaining a successful franchise. Is not You can't always do it through free agency. There's only so many dollars to be spent. You need homegrown talent. Um, and so we got to hope that the Panthers get some. And on that note, uh, I'm going to wrap up episode 56 of the Chirping the Cats podcast. I want to thank Justin Sourdiff, Braden Hache, and Nathan Steos of the Panthers for chatting with me on the pod. And again, wishing them and the rest of the prospects nothing but the best in their upcoming season scattered across pro and juniors. Uh, Hopefully it will not be too long before we see them wearing a Panther sweater full time. Uh, Please remember if you're a fan of my work, you can find all my written coverage on local10.com or you can get it on the local 10 app as well. And if you don't already, uh, give me a follow on Twitter at David's work for all my daily coverage of the Panthers as uh, we're going to be picking it up now, getting into a new season. And also if you haven't already smash the subscribe button on this podcast. Uh, If you haven't left a left a good rating i'd love for that and you know maybe a nice comment or something as well is always appreciated um but at the end of the day i'm just glad that you're listening thank you for that and until next time as everyone as always everyone uh please take care of yourselves stay safe be kind and most importantly well maybe not most importantly but you know it's kind of important to uh stay cool